Hello, the Eleven Dubcast. Hey, it's, it's a super fun summertime kind of. It's still spring. I, I was talking with my girlfriend about this, Michael Citro. Yeah, I'm Johnny Ginner. Uh, you are. <laughs> I was talking with my girlfriend about it. it's. It's weird when the solstices occur. You know what I mean? Solstice. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that's like, right. Because it's like it's like the 20s, like, as my girlfriend informed me, because I didn't know this because I'm stupid, uh, it's like the 21st and 22nd, right, of the month. Mm-hmm. So summer doesn't actually officially start until, like, June 21st. Yes. Which makes no sense to me because it's, like, 80 degrees outside, and that's way too hot for A, me, or B, spring. So I'm saying it's summer. I've got a couple more days. Like, I basically got, like two more actual teaching days left in my school year. I've got another week of professional development next week. But for me, I'm in, I'm in summer mode, man. Like I showed up at school and wearing a blues brother shirt and flip flops. I'm like <laughs> summer, summer, yeah, summertime. You know, June, 20, so it's always uh, summertime. June 21st is the longest day of the year, Johnny. It's the, uh, yeah. And, and I used to tell my mom that all the time because she, her birthday was June 21st. And I'd say, you know, it's not a coincidence that it's the longest day of the year. <laughs> And now I wish she was here that I could uh, joke with her because she's she's no longer with us. And now I brought down the entire dubcast. <laughs> yeah, it's depressing. Now. Let's talk about all of our past loved ones. <sighs> uh, Sorry, folks. That's the eleven dubcast. Well, it just uh, did actually, get past Memorial Day, so I mean, come on. Yeah, well, and, and you know what? I, I taught us a war class this past month about, and, and we definitely addressed Memorial Day today because Memorial Day started out as Decoration Day, which was in remembrance of the Civil War. So there you go. That's that's my history channel update uh, for this dubcast. Let's let's actually talk about sports though for a little bit, maybe, maybe just a little bit of sports. Okay. We don't have to talk about a lot just of sports. Just this once. Sport. Just this once. And as you astutely pointed out before we started recording. We did not have the draft. The draft had not occurred since our last dubcast way, way, way back on April 22nd, I believe. And let's talk about the results of some of that. Were you surprised about maybe where or when some of the Ohio State Buckeyes went in the draft this year? A lot of surprises, Johnny. I thought that... Uh, really? Yeah, I was very very surprised. I was very surprised... Like, that, like where or when they went? Uh, when. I, I thought okay. Michael Bennett slipped way too far down the draft board. I agree uh, with that. I, I was actually pleasantly surprised to see Evan Spencer get uh, drafted. That was really cool because uh, Evan Spencer does so many things really well, but being a wide receiver was not one of the things in college that he was most known for. It was his right. everything else. It was blocking and doing everything else that he had to do and being a team leader. I think he's going to be a special teams all-star. I, I think that dude is going to be really, really well-liked on some team that values special teams and puts an emphasis on it. I think he's going to perform really well in that respect. I, I agree with that. And, and I was, you know, I was just happy to see a bunch of Buckeyes get picked and, and, you know, continue their football career. Hopefully, you know, if they catch on and, and make their respective teams and that kind of thing. But last year, yeah. I, I, last year I was watching the draft thinking all these people are passing on Corey Lindsley are going to regret it. And <laughs> that came out to be true. And this year I was yeah. like, you guys didn't listen to me about Corey Lindsley. You're not, you got to listen to me about Michael Bennett. And, yeah. Michael Bennett. And that's the weird thing because you would think that an NFL team would look at this guy who is just, he's stout. He's a, you know, very agile player. He's not going to be, you know, I don't, I don't think he's going to be like some Vince Wilfork or whatever, but he's, He's a very sturdy player who plays with excellent leverage. That's one of the biggest things for him. Like he, he does not get beat by being like thrown inside or something like that. He might get beat maybe athletically somehow, but he's a very sound technical player. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I think teams are dumb for not picking up on that dude earlier. I'm a little sad he ended up in, I think in Jacksonville, right? Yes, like that's dark that's a little unfortunate. Uh, that is Jacksonville, Florida. Right. Uh, I'm sorry. That's that's kind of sad. Um. <laughs> But I think he's going to be a really good contributor and, and early. So the knock, what about the the knock on him though was like that his arms were too short. It was a measurable thing, you know, like his, yeah, he's got short which, arms, but he's whatever. he's so quick and explosive, and he's got such good hands, violent hands right. they call them, right? They they have violent hands. Um, I think I they, think the arms they, are less of an issue for defensive linemen than an offensive lineman personally. Yeah. I, I, you know, like. I think he will be fine. It depends. On, it really depends on the player, and I think that Michael Bennett's right. well schooled, and like I said, he's got the violent hands. He's got good hand movement, and he's very, very quick. So before you, the offensive lineman can get their hands on him, he's already right. done something to make it so that they can't. 
yeah, I, I think he's going to be very good, especially with NFL coaching and, you know, time to develop and whatnot. And, and again, he's going to have a little bit of work to do because of the injury and things like that. But I ultimately, I think he's going to be a very good contributor for Jacksonville. And Jacksonville's a team that needs him. I mean, you know, again, I, oh, yeah. I don't like the fact that he's going to Jacksonville, but he's got the opportunity to really they're, – they're going to make him an investment. They're going to make him a project, and that's probably the best kind of situation you want to be in as a – as a draftee. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about some of the other dudes? I mean, was it just Michael Benner? Or uh, were you like... I was a little salty that uh, Devin Smith went to the damn New York Jets because I hate the Jets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as a Dolphins fan, I hate the Jets and can't stand them. And now Devin Smith's there. And I don't want to hate Devin Smith. And I definitely don't want Devin Smith to tear my team apart. <laughs> uh, yeah. With those, with those long, deep passes where he goes up. You've got to have somebody away. throw to him first. But, you know, this is I, true. I agree. This is true. Um, of course, uh, I thought Jeff Hireman went to a great spot until he tore his ACL uh, right. on the first day of that practice. That was really sad. Um, but, you know, he'll come back. Hopefully he'll he'll get to play with uh, Peyton Manning, and hopefully next yeah. year. But, um, you know, it would, it would have been so cool for him to be able to, to sit, you know, have a Hall of Fame quarterback throwing to him. Um, really like that's the one I was most excited about. Yeah. Honestly, was Hireman because because of Peyton Manning. And granted, Peyton Manning is definitely on his last legs. I mean, you could tell at the end of the last season with Peyton Manning that he was he was just getting worn down. Yeah, it's the writing, but it's still wall. Peyton Manning, right? He's still, like he's still better than well. I'd take him over Tannehill. Put it that way. <laughs> really, you wouldn't? You, yeah, and don't get me started because they like one hundred and five million dollars. They gave him a ridiculous Tannehill? amount of money in an extension, and I'm not happy about it. So let's move on. Um, uh, I thought the Steelers were incredibly smart to pick Duran Grant in the fourth yeah. round. Very good yeah. pick for Steelers them. Love them some uh, Ohio State defensive players. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, they should. They should. And and you know, with Dick LeBeau having been there for so long, you know that's right. it's he he's the pipeline, I guess. Uh, yeah. So we talked about you know Bennett going to Jacksonville and Evan Spencer is a Washington Redskin. Uh, right. Going the sixth round, which was uh, pretty cool as well. So, you know, overall, I, I thought it was a good draft for Ohio State because I didn't think a lot of guys would get picked. I, I, I'm really surprised that Spencer went. Um, and, you know, uh, it was some of the guys that didn't get picked up ended up, you know, catching on as, as unsigned free agents like Daryl Baldwin. Right. So. Yeah, which is interesting. Like, that's another dude I wouldn't have necessarily expected that. I, I agree with you on Evan Spencer. I definitely thought he was going to be an undrafted free agent, but. I am, like you, pleasantly surprised that he landed somewhere. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, people say, they're watching the draft, well, it's better that they don't get drafted because then they get to pick their own situation. But, you know, these guys grow up playing this game, and to hear their name called on the draft, yeah. there's no there's no comparison to that. They're, they're going to take that every time. It's Because it's like going to the playground, and then uh, all the guys get picked, and you're like, you know, okay, well, whatever. Okay, we'll take this guy if you take that guy. That's, you know, think about how that right. made you feel. <laughs> and... You know, these guys, it's a dream come true for them to, to actually get selected in the NFL draft. So, yeah, maybe they could improve their lie a little bit if they if they were undrafted free agents. But put it this way, if they're drafted and they get cut, they're in the same boat either way. They're still right. then They still can go wherever they want and choose their situation. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think after, like, maybe the fourth round, it's kind of a crapshoot regardless of what you end up doing, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because – the the NFL invests a lot of time and money and effort into the first maybe three picks. And then beyond that, it's like you're on the team, but you still got to make the team. And, you know, yes, being an undrafted free agent does give you the leeway to kind of pick where you want to go and, and, and pick your spot. And that's, that's great. But I agree with you. I think ultimately it's kind of a wash. And the thrill is it's pretty cool. I mean, granted, I, I think – I both love and hate the draft. I think the draft is this hilarious excess of just everything that's wrong and <laughs> right about the NFL. You know what I mean? It's become, it's Goodell, become, quite, uh, it's become quite a bloated, uh, overblown it's, spectacle. Well, it, it doesn't need to be three days. That's really stupid. But I do kind of enjoy uh, just the complete excess of it and Roger Goodell getting the crap boot out of him <laughs> and Susie Colbert. You know, trying to, you know, Colbert, not Colbert, Susie Colbert trying to, like, make players cry with personal stories of, of woe and things like that. Like, it, it's really stupid. Like, it's yeah. incredibly stupid. Yeah. But the drama is still fun. I mean, watching Johnny Manziel, like, where's it going to go? Are the Browns going to pass on this guy three times in a row? Like, that kind of stuff uh, was really funny last, you know, last couple of years mm-hmm. and stuff. So, 
I really do think, though, that this year was kind of a prelude to next year. Next year is going to be completely just amazeballs for Ohio State. I mean, think about all the people who are going out, right? Yeah, like a lot of seniors and also some underclassmen going to go. Guys. Absolutely, and, and that's the thing. Like, of course, Joey Bosa is, is super high on people's lists, mm-hmm. but let's say Ezekiel Elliott has a season, you know, even better than last year because it took him a little while to get started this past season. You know, people kind of forget that, yeah. but he didn't really ramp up until the last half of the season. If he has an entire season like he had in the last, you know, six seven games, he he's going <laughs> really high, like really high. Yep. So Michael Thomas is another guy we could. We could oh yeah. Go Von Bell is another guy. Yeah. Uh, there, oh, yeah. Well, the, and there's a lot of dudes who, I mean, the youth movement in Ohio State this past season, that's the thing. I, I continue to watch the national championship game and the Alabama game, the Sugar Bowl, because it never gets old, but also because it's really interesting to pick out players who you wouldn't have expected to make really the kind of impact that they did at the beginning of the season. Guys like Darren Lee, for example. Mm-hmm. Right, who nobody had really pegged as like, okay, this guy's going to be the linchpin of the linebacker. No one really thought that. No one, no one at all yeah. thought that. If anybody it was going to be Raquan McMillan, but Darren Lee kind of comes out of nowhere and is this incredible rock in the last half of the season and has a great, you know, last three or four games where he just is all over the field making plays, you know, tip passes, interceptions, and fumble recoveries and all that crap. Um, and so it's really fun to watch these guys progress and. That's one of the things that I think I'm most excited about with Urban Meyer in general in the past several years is that there's been a lot of those stories. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. There's been a lot of guys who kind of emerge just because they're given the chance. And I think the attitude that Urban Meyer fosters where, you know, you've got to make your impact. You, you've got to, you know, go hard all the time. And this, this really competitive uh, atmosphere that he kind of fosters Um I think it leads to a lot of those stories, and I, I, it's cool to watch those players emerge. So the draft to me is kind of the the culmination of all of that, yeah. you know, over the years. And I, I, you know, that's why I enjoy it. It's not necessarily because of all the crap that they build up around it. You know, you know going to Chicago, ooh, yeah, whatever. And I, Do it in somebody's basement. For I like love it. the thing that I love about college football is too is that you know, I remember having conversations with you and other people about how are they going to replace Ryan Shazier, and right. oh, Darren Lee's going to play. Darren Lee's going to play there, really. You know, because there were yeah. there were name guys, you know, big name guys that we thought might step right in and and do very well, and then all of a sudden it's okay. This guy played quarterback in high school, but okay, we'll we'll see. And then he just goes on a tear from game one, where he has a sixty yard fumble return for a touchdown to turn the game around, and has an amazing season. He's great on Twitter. His mom's great on Twitter, <laughs> and, yes. and and she's great in person too. Uh, met her at the Dubgate last year, and it's just. Uh, it's really cool to see those guys pan out, and and guys like Tyvis Powell, who was the first guy to commit after Jim Tressel's resignation. Now he's right. he's one of the best, you know, part of the best safety tandem, you know, maybe in maybe in the country, but certainly in which the is really country. hilarious too, because we we hated Tyvis Powell for a very long time. <laughs> Uh, but then, you know, but then he became so entertaining off the field, and then much more consistent on the field, and I think. You know, again, I, I agree with you. That's that's part of the, the process of watching a team. And now we're at a point in the season, or lack thereof, where you want to start picking your dudes, right? You want to start picking your guys for next year. Like, oh, I got this is my guy yeah. for next year. This is the guy I'm going to look. Everybody listen, this is the guy. And I said that about Michael Bennett many years ago, that he was my guy. He was the dude. And everyone's like, no, who cares a crap about Michael <laughs> Bennett? I was like, no, guys. Okay, LaCharles Bentley, you know, Here's the thing, because again, I've, I've you know recounted the story many times, but Charles Bentley watched him as he was being recruited as an offensive lineman. Is like, no, dude, this guy, he's defensive lineman all the way. He's gonna be great. And I was like, good enough for me. That's awesome. Let's do it. And of course, he ended up being uh, really terrific. So you know, that's the fun part of the off season, looking at dudes who who you think are gonna really have an impact next year. Who's your guy? So who's your guy for 2015? Who's my guy for 2015? Do you have a guy uh, yet? I don't know that I have a guy yet you know because the problem is that they played so many really young guys last year so many young dudes who who made contributions it's hard to like pick out someone because it, it feels pretty obvious right in a lot of ways yeah i mean you don't um, want somebody to you know it, like let's you say, go, let's you, say like, you pick raekwon mcmillan raekwon mcmillan isn't isn't somebody that's going to be a surprise if he has a big season right, right? exactly right that's my point like nobody's going to say raekwon mcmillan who's that like everybody knows that <laughs> So that's what I'm saying. Like I've got to do a little more, I think, in-depth research right. 
on on my dark horse candidate here because again, a lot of the dudes who are going to step up next year have already done a little bit of that, especially during this past season. So I don't know. You know, I think somebody like maybe an incoming recruit. I, I just I feel like there's probably somebody who will make an impact that we don't really necessarily recognize. I do think, however, and this is this is something I, I do firmly believe. I think Jalen Marshall is going to be a gigantic part of the offense next year. I, I think what we got last year was just a, a taste of what uh, Urban Meyer wants to do with that dude. I, I think he's going to be all over the place, and I think he's essentially going to serve the role that we thought Dontre Wilson was going to serve. So you're repping the Middletown right now. I am. I'm repping Infiz <laughs> a little bit, but that guy, I mean, he's got to get the fumblies figured out, right? But I think that's what's so I exciting about him is like he makes everyone have a coronary, and then he like has a 35-yard right. punt return. <laughs> like, He's, he just does – he's electric. He just does not stop. And, and that's one of the things that I really like about the guy is that he's not necessarily extremely fast. He's not some, like, crazy burner like Ted Ginn was. He isn't, like, amazingly shifty like Braxton, for example. He just keeps turning his legs, and he's he's quick enough and agile enough to eventually, if you don't hit him straight on, he's going to bounce off you and, and do something ridiculous. And I like players like that because, to me, they don't seem like they're – just home run players, right? right? I feel like Jalen Marshall can be a consistent contributor on the field because even if he's not doing something insane all the time, he's still going to be a steady, like, all right, he can pick up a 10-yard pass or he can do an end around for, like, seven or eight yards. I can continue to, to move the chains. Mm-hmm. And, and watching, you know, watching the national championship game in the Sugar Bowl and, and, the, uh, and the Big Ten Championship, I mean, he had some really critical catches, in those games, like really important sure. ones that if he doesn't make those, it's possible the outcome of those games don't, you know, go the way we want them to. So catching it off a guy's back that, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think he's going to have a huge season next year. And uh, yeah, that's a guy I really look for. But again, he's not, you know, he's not, not under the right nowhere. Yeah. Sure. Well, my guy for, for my guy is, is, I haven't really picked him yet, but I mean, it wouldn't be a surprise if he had a, a great career as based solely on the spring game, which we all know how important it is to have a big game in the spring game. Nick Connor, Nick Connor's going to have a good, a good career. He, he looked really good in that spring game. I, I cannot deny that. He looked excellent. He's always around the ball, always making things happen. He just always seems to be in the right place. And that is kind of what you want on a defensive player. Um, yeah. So let me ask you this, Johnny, while we're on the subject of the Buckeyes of Ohio state and their football program and the okay. draft and all that stuff. So, Every year, you know, we lose our seniors, obviously. That's the bad part about college football. Who are you going to miss the most? Who's who's your guy you're going to be like, oh, man, I'm, I'm really going to be sad to see him go? Michael Bennett. I, it's it's got to be Michael Bennett, just because I've been repping that dude for years. And well, no, I mean, I mean, you know, he's already gone. I'm talking about 2015. You're going to see oh, him every moment. Oh, you mean the coming cause you know, year. Okay. Yeah, because you know they're going to be gone at the end of the year. So who right. who, who who sticks out to you? I gotta say, I, Braxton Miller. I mean, I, I know that's an obvious choice, but the dude is is really the pain that he suffered just in, in terms of injuries. I gotta tell you something. There are a lot of players who have come into Ohio State as the quote unquote next big thing, yeah. right? Yep. And I think a lot of these players, like Terrell Pryor or you know Beanie Wells, and and, and while these guys all had really good careers and and things like that, I like Braxton Miller more because he's exactly the kind of college football player that I've always wanted to watch in person, if that makes sense. Like, I, I love big bruising running backs. I love giant quarterbacks who are, like, unstoppable or whatever. And I like guys who have, like, a cannon arm. But my all-time favorite type of college football player is a shifty, weird kind of player who doesn't necessarily outrun nudes all the time but can just, like, squirm around like I wanted to watch Barry Sanders for example when I was a kid like, <laughs> Barry Sanders is my favorite running back sure. I love that kind of player I love the guy who's just shifty and gritty and like I'm just gonna do what I need to get the first down like I love guys like that and to me uh Braxton Miller you know watching him in his prime is the closest thing to to being able to watch for instance Michael Vick right mm-hmm. yeah. at Virginia Tech like that's what I wanted to see when I was a kid I was like man I wish we had a Michael Vick at Ohio State <laughs> and to me Braxton Miller is the closest to that and I, I love that I think that's awesome so, you know I got I got two guys I'm going to miss a lot and one is a little bit less obvious than the other although neither one yeah. would be like probably stick out in your mind as right away but one of them is, and I'm not even kidding about this, is Bryce Haynes. I'm going to miss Bryce Haynes. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I like to give the long snappers their love, but 
the dude is if you remember when he was recruited he he was the first long snapper i remember that a highlight video because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and i watched the entirety of that how, fat, how fast he could snap and everything but if right. you watch him if you watch the game you see this dude he's a pretty big dude too he snaps the ball cameron johnson kicks it like 65 yards downfield and who's down there to down it is bryce haynes right he's always around the ball at the end of the kick it's like you know you got these fast gunners are on the outside and they're flying down the field who gets to the ball first bryce haynes uh <laughs> <laughs> It's like a, it's like a, he's like a Rob Harley kind of guy, yeah, right? Like yeah. you know, so I, he always always down there, not really doing, you know, not he's not going to be a starter, he's not going to get out there on offense or defense, but you know, still like to see him on special. So I love that dude, football. and I think he could play long snapper in the NFL. I really do. Um, and hope he does. And then the other one that I'm going to really miss is, is Jacoby Boren. I'm really going to miss that dude. Yeah, he, you know, the lo- the line of Boren brothers that have come through Ohio right. State, and he's. He's sort of the the field general for that offensive line, the slobs, as we affectionately call them, and they call themselves. He's just got a lot of heart, and for a guy his size to be able to do the things right. he to do the things he did in the Alabama game when he was already hurt, playing hurt against this monster mammoth defensive line from from Alabama. And that's really, I agree, and, and I I want to tell you something. That's a great choice because if you look at the the size of their defensive line versus Jacoby Bourne, he's smaller yeah. than a lot of the guys who play on that defensive line. <laughs> like, and and that's that's guts. Like that is just. I mean, I I hate those kind of intangible platitudes, but I can't think of a better word for that. Like that's hilarious and awesome to me. So I, I think that's an excellent choice. That's really good. Um. All right, so we, we've discussed some Ohio State football. It is the off season, so yeah. you know a little bit, of, a little bit of him and Han, you know, doing some some John. That's okay, but let's talk about some ask us anything because we have gotten some pretty good questions from our listeners. Uh, Michael, can you please tell our said listeners how to ask us anything? Yeah, man, it feels like it's been like a month since we've had ask us anything. I know it's crazy. Uh, you can ask us anything on the Twitters if you do the Twitter thing at twitter.com. We're really, really good at twitter.com, by the way, Johnny and I are. <laughs> um, and uh, of course, it's at eleven dubcast. Spell it all out at right. eleven dubcast. Uh, or you can email us. You know the old, the old-fashioned way. Send it via email. That's almost like the Pony Express nowadays. Doing it. To the email, right? <laughs> Who sends an email? God. <laughs> so uh, it's dubcast at 11warriors.com. Spell it all out again. Correct. And, uh, and that's how you can ask us anything. That's right. And we have several questions this week, so let's let's get right into it. Let's do it. Uh, this, what? Go ahead. But, but, but. I said, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So <laughs> I'm not editing that out. I don't care. Uh, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Andrew Hare asks us, and that is his, that's at Mr. Andrew Hare, which I really appreciate. What is your pitch for the upcoming slash inevitable movie about the 2014 Buckeyes? Cast the movie, choose the director, and set the plot. Michael, go for it. I have some pretty strong opinions about this, but go ahead and do this. I know you will. And I'm, I'm terrible at these multifaceted questions, but I'm going to say, you know, the pitch is, is pretty self-evident. Okay. Yeah. Team's pretty good. Loses their all-world quarterback. And this ragtag bunch goes and wins goes and wins the national championship with their third so string the quarterback. Fair, yeah, their third string quarterback. It would be an easy pitch, but like people go, nobody's going to believe a third string quarterback. Maybe a second string quarterback, but nobody's right. going to believe third string. Casting the movie that would be that would be definitely very hard. Uh, but one guy who I would put in it is. I would probably like basically take most of the wire cast and put it in there because <laughs> just because they're really good actors. Um, uh, who would, who would, okay, because uh, I was thinking about this before we started recording. Who would be your dude to play Urban Meyer? Urban Meyer, man. You know, I'm really bad at, at matching up faces and stuff, but I am too. But this, this and this one took me a while, so I'm I'm sorry to put you on the spot. But I I think this is a very interesting question. All right, go go ahead and tell me yours because I don't have one. All right, well, I, if I tell you mine, I'm gonna have to get into the whole thing. All right, you know what? Jump in. All right, go so here it. we go. All right, so here's what I got. First of all. I think that this movie, I think this movie would be a lot more interesting instead of like a traditional underdog story, right? Where it's like, oh, the team isn't respected, but now they are, and then they win, and it's great. Like we've seen that a billion times. I don't give, I don't give a crap about that. Uh, I want to watch a movie where it's like about the inner workings of the team as they're rebounding from a loss, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't even necessarily have to go to the national championship game. I want to see the team develop into what would be acknowledged as a awesome, badass, 
college football team maybe culminating with their win against like Michigan State. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a small period of time, but like laser focused. And I would want Aaron Sorkin, and granted he has kind of used up a lot of that goodwill that he used to have uh, with the newsroom because uh, the newsroom did not go well. But I would like an Aaron Sorkin type movie, you know, with mm-hmm. like the social network or uh, Moneyball. I think Moneyball would be a really good template for what I'm talking about. I want to see a movie like that where you really get inside like the coach's room and how the players interacted and stuff like that. So Aaron Sorkin would be the writer. I don't know, David Fincher, some dude to be the uh, whatever. Get get somebody high class to be the director. So for Urban Meyer, I was thinking this is kind of an unconventional choice, but I think he'd actually be really good, especially with the way their personalities, at least on screen and, and in real life, interact. Uh, I think Hugh Laurie would be a really good Urban Meyer. Uh, you know, House from House, yeah, right? I know who he is. I'm just that's why I'm quiet because I just I don't know about that. You're gonna have to. I think talk you're crazy because I think that would be perfect. I think Hugh Laurie would be perfect to play. Let's you know, like anorentative, like borderline, like psychotic, like kind of you know, just simmering anger kind of guy. I think he would be perfect for Urban Meyer. I think that would be excellent. Not handsome enough. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Urban Meyer or Hugh Laurie. Oh, Hugh Laurie. He's not handsome enough player okay. over Sorry. Because I, I disagree. I think Hugh Laurie is a very charming gentleman. My director, by the way, is Joss Whedon, but that's just a default. Of Joss Whedon okay. direct everything. Fair enough. So, I mean, that's that's a good question, though. I mean, I... Well, but, but no, you can't... No, no, no. You can't trash... You can't trash Hugh Laurie as my pick and then not offer up one all of right, your own. All right. Yeah. All right. So, it, you know... I've got these these images flooding through my mind of guys that have played um, coaches. Yeah. Obviously, because your mind tends to gravitate there. Right. And I'm going to go with Coach Eric Taylor because he's a good-looking dude. He's played that – you know, all he's got to do is tone down that southern accent. Yeah. And I think he can, I think he can pull it off because he does – he did oh, – no. on Friday Night Lights, he did a great job with the comedy aspects. The, Look, the I really like anger. Kyle Chandler, Kyle Chandler is the man. I, I, I'll I'll give it to Kyle Chandler, but then again, that's my default setting for coach. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I I think Kyle Chandler is a little too, a little too nice. I think he's too nice you take, to play that you take role. That I think back. He, yeah, he's too nice. You need a guy who's you need a guy who's a little more, a little more rough around the edges. I think Hugh Lord is a better choice. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Next question. Um, this is said that. <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, Kurt Heinrich, yay! Kurt Heinrich, our our our, our very our very good friend. He covered uh, the national wrestling. champion wrestling team for eleven That's right. Warriors. Um, he wants to know, and I'm I'm kind of surprised he would say that instead of a wrestling match. But who would win in a fist fight, Urban versus Woody or Tress versus Cooper? What do you think? All right, let's let's start with the Urban versus Woody. Yes. Okay, are we talking about young Woody? I would say in the prime of their yeah, in the prime of their coaching careers, not the prime of their lives, but the prime of their coaching career. Uh, I gotta give it to Woody. I mean, as much yeah, as, I agreed. Mean, Urban's a badass, but I mean, Woody, come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was in the he was in the Navy. He's yeah. already yeah. kind of insane. Yeah. yeah, I would say Woody. Woody's what a about crazy Trestle man. Trestle versus Cooper. I can't even see. I I would say here's how it works. Yeah. Cooper's all like you know dropping the gloves, going come on, come on. <laughs> uh, you know, with his southern accent. We gonna do it. We gonna do it. And, Let's go. And Trestle somehow, with like three sentences, talks him into surrendering. <laughs> That's how that would work. So Trestle wins without even throwing a punch. I gotta tell you something. I feel like Trestle is the guy who, like, in an action movie, doesn't do anything for the first like ninety percent of it, right? And then all of a sudden, he gets really mad and just like takes out twenty dudes at once. And plus, I have. I want to say something. Uh, Jim Trestle is not a tall man. He's not a no, large he's man. Not. He's a, he's a short but dude. he has these forearms. Like I've seen this dude. This he's built like a like a fire hydrant. Like it's really funny to see. He's got gigantic calf muscles and he's got huge forearms. And he looks like he looks like the guy who just has been eternally asked to you know take the lids off jars his entire life. <laughs> That's all he's ever been asked to do. So can you open these I'm, pickles, I'm going Jim? With <laughs> what? Can you open these pickles, Jim? Yeah, exactly. Like come on. Come on, Jimmy. We we need some of those canned beets. And he's like, okay. And he's been doing that ever since he was like three years old. So I, I he's got these huge forearms. I think he would like armbar uh, Cooper in a second. So I we're both going be. for Trestle, Kurt. Um, and, and by the way, Kurt, Jim Trestle has a particular set of skills. <laughs> right. 
Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Liam Neeson to play Urban Meyer. Uh, okay, this is from somebody. Somebody. That's, that's their actual name. That's their uh, name. Would you? Yeah. Would you rather have three basketball national champs in the next ten years or one more football championship? Man, that's making me choose between my children. Uh, I'm right. going to go with the more. I always go with the more in this situation because it's like Agreed. I could be happy one time or I could be happy three times. So, who, yeah. of course, I would take the three times because also I've never seen a national championship in basketball in my lifetime. There hasn't been one. So right. three would be tremendous. And and plus, if it was Thad Mata doing it, that I would be so super happy for that guy. So, yeah, obviously three, three basketball national champs in the next ten years. Do you know how hard it is to win a basketball championship? It's hard. Like it's 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 really really hard. If you could win three in ten years, that's that sets up for like a dynasty. Yes. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Level of of success. So I would take the basketball championships. Three in ten years would be absolutely. Just think, Mata would uh, would instantly be placed up amongst like the Rick, oh, yeah. Rick Pitinos and in those kind of guys. I mean, he would instantly go to instant Hall of Fame. Not a, not only Hall of Fame. He would be probably talked about as one of the ten greatest of all time, you know, if he yeah, did that. Absolutely, absolutely. I yeah, I would go with basketball championships. That would that would be amazing. Uh, let's see what we got. Misha Groman, the Mish Fort fifty four. Uh, and I really like this question. This is probably my favorite question this week. Since Zeke can't wear the crop top this season, what fashion statement should he wear in its place? I think he should wear the uh, the Ricky. Williams dreadlocks down to his ass. <laughs> that was going to be my suggestion, actually. <laughs> uh, I yeah, he needs to get some dreads and just shake them. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. You know what? How about how about some giant sweatbands? Wouldn't that be sweet? Get some big honking oh, yeah. sweatbands on his uh, on his on his wrists and put a big one on his head and just. I think that'd be really sweet. Just go, go super too. throwback. Also, yeah, I was just getting getting ready to go into the throwback mode. The Chris Spielman neck roll. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that would be amazing. That would be really good. Get it. Get one of those like you know head plates too. Yeah, those do all the those running backs all back the in the seventies. Man, those running backs in the seventies and eighties used to wear these big neck rolls to protect their right. neck. It was awesome. Yeah, basically do all those mods that you could do when you're doing create a player in the NCAA football game or the NFL football game. Just do all the crazy mods that you possibly can. Get the giant uh, shoulder pads. Just do everything that you can to look completely ridiculous. And then still run for like 2,000 yards. That would be really sweet. Yeah. I would really like that. Sure. And we can't forget our good friend Nicholas Jervy. He had a question. Did he? Oh, well, yeah. yes, please. Because I guess I do not want – I would be very remiss. If, if our our very own Nicholas Jervy, writer extraordinaire for 11 Warriors, wants to know, are those of us without friends allowed to ask questions? And the answer is yes. Everyone, yes, everyone is allowed everyone, to ask questions. Everyone can ask us anything. That's right. And, in fact, if you have small children, you know, the elderly living with you, if they just want to know, like, where the remote is, we'll tell you. Yeah. Okay? No and see all. So I really recommend that you guys send in as many questions as is humanly possible. And and that's it. That's all we got this week, or, or month, I Aww. guess, as it is. Which is a little sad, but that's okay. We'll, we will see you next month, and we'll continue asking all these really pertinent, uh, important, pressing questions. Alright, joining us tonight is Austin Mack, four-star wide receiver out of Indiana, uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, I believe. Uh, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, living living life it's about 80 degrees here in the Midwest. You know, uh, yeah. it's, it's pretty nice right now. It's a little warm. Uh, so, actually, one of the things I want to ask you: I'm a high school teacher, so I'm I'm like right in the thick of things. Are you done? or Are you about to be finished with high school right now? Oh yeah. What are you sure? Are you guys uh, about to be done with high school, or oh. are you are you still in school right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm almost done. Uh, I got to June 4th. So, you know, we got three day week this week, and then we go to the uh, the fourth uh, next week, and it's all finals. Nice. All right. Well, so what is your, you know, I know football season's over. What's kind of your routine to, to stay on top of things during uh, the school year and as you get into summer? Well, you know, first off, is school, school work, you know, make sure that's all straight uh, right. and, and tight. But um, then, uh, you know, basically – um, you know, our school, we do, you know, we do strength conditioning stuff and whatnot, you know, since we can have spring practice, there's nothing yet. Uh, since we're in the Midwest, uh, you know, I try to be a leader, 
and uh, be at those, you know, every week. And then uh, I also go to the training facility here in Fort Wayne called ADPP. Uh, that fits its purpose, and uh, we do a lot of strength and speed training here. I actually just came off labrum surgery back in January, so uh, still 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 recovering from that. I'm about a couple of weeks now from being released, so uh, excited for that too as well. So you got something in common with Braxton Miller, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically, basically. So you know, you got, I know you guys have insane amounts of of you know time commitments with working out and schoolwork and all of that. And I just wanted to find out from you. I like to ask recruits: Is the recruiting process for you personally? Is it is it fun? Are you enjoying it, or is it a grind and it's kind of nerve wracking and you want to kind of hope to get it over with soon? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna hit you real with it. It sucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it used to be really fun. Uh, you know, getting all that attention and uh, you know, experiencing it. But uh, it got to the point now where. Uh, you know, it's, it, you, you want to be a kid. You want to be able to have fun and be able to do, you know, some of the things you can. But when, you know, some coaches, man, they, they just don't respect time. You know, like they they expect you to go, you know, here and here every single weekend, and and you know, you just don't have the time to to do what you want to do sometimes. So I mean, for me, I, I, it's fun. Like I love having the opportunity to speak with these people. Like I won't, you know, I won't won't say nothing before it. But you know, uh, I definitely definitely am excited for it to be over. <laughs> Well, let me ask you this. So I, I, I love that answer because I, I know that's honest. Uh, and one of the things I want to ask you is what's something that maybe people who are recruiting you or colleges or schools or whatever, what don't they know that's important to you that maybe they don't think about? Or what's something that's important to you that they don't necessarily think about uh, that maybe they should? Or, or any kind of kid who might be being recruited by them? Uh, I mean – when 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 I when I my first impression is huge, you know, I think first impressions are, are huge when it comes to talking to coaches, uh, you know, talking to anybody from a from an organization or a university. Uh, so, you know, basically I come up straight in front. Uh, you know, I got three main things and when it comes to looking at college and you know, I make sure that's straight off on the plate and that's basically who I am as a person. So when it comes around academics, uh, you know, and, and being that type of kid who who uh you know, can can trust the institution to hopefully, uh, you know, take care, of, you know, take care of the kids or, or their, you know, their athletes, and also, you know, on a field and off. You know, I mean, that's basically all all I really you know, worry about. You know what I mean? So, uh, I'm pretty, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty open. So, I mean, everybody that knows who I am. Uh, you know, I'm definitely faithful. You know, uh, so I mean, people might not know that completely, but you know, I want, I wouldn't be in this spot. Are blessed without you know the opportunities that God gave me, so uh, that's definitely that's definitely huge. You know what I mean? So. All right, well, Austin, I, have you made some decisions academic-wise in terms of you know what your what your academic plans are, what your major is going to be, and have you started to zero in on schools that that are, are you know top quality choices in that area? Uh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, you know, I want to be in you know pre-med, hopefully major in biology. Bio, uh, bio, bio, biochem. Uh, you know, I haven't quite decided. So, uh, definitely finding a school that you know has a good med school is, is critical. But I mean, if you think about it, uh, the, the, the getting your degree, you know, that that part doesn't even matter. As long as it, it all matters is getting into the next school, getting to the next level. So, if that school can provide, you know, that degree and that, that education, you know, I'm all for it. You know, so. Uh, uh, you know, that's definitely an impact, and I had looked at all the colleges, and basically narrowing it down to the top eight. I mean, they all provide a great, great way to, for me to reach that goal. So let's talk a little football for a little bit. Um, how would you describe yourself as a as a wide receiver? What What do you really excel at? Uh, route running, most definitely. The route running is where I separate myself from any other person or recruit. Um, I can read defenses, uh, and I'm physical. Um, so. Uh, when it comes to being a critique of the game and uh, really focusing on the little things, that's something I, I definitely kind of respect, uh, and uh, and just being a playmaker, basically. So, uh, I mean, that's definitely how I can, you know, explain myself. Is there anybody in particular that you sort of model your game after and that you would like to aspire to be a receiver like that person? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, Larry Fitzgerald. Why, why Larry Fitzgerald? Uh, I mean, when it came to just finding a receiver who, 
who does the things that are similar to me, I mean, body-wise, and we're almost the same height. I'm hoping to build my body up to be almost just like him or even better. Um, the way he runs routes and just gets open, I mean, it almost looks effortless. And just how he just goes up and makes plays, you know what I mean? You know, big-time yeah. playmakers make big plays. So, uh, I mean, that's just, you want him to strive to be, be great, and he's definitely one of the great receivers you know, in the game and, and will be forever, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean he's he's definitely not a bad guy to to model your game after, no especially uh, somebody as consistent as him, uh, you know, at all over the field. Um, one of the things I want to ask you: what what are your impressions of Ohio State? I know you've been around, you know, the program a little bit. What is your overall impression of of both the the team and how you can uh, have an impact on the team, you know, possibly next year or any team really, like you know, anything along those lines? For from my school, you talking about from my high school? Yeah, well, so Ohio State in general, like, what were your impressions of Ohio State in general? I guess is, is basically what I'm getting at. Uh, okay, so let me let me get this right. So like, my impressions of me coming in to like, I say Ohio State, like, or yeah, I mean, basically. Okay, uh, my impact basically, um, for me, I try, I try, I'm gonna try and help the team as best I can. Hopefully, be that receiver who the running back wants to run behind, and make that you know that block down field, and also be the guy to make that third down catch or or just make the make the play. Uh, I'm gonna be a leader. Uh, I'm gonna be in your butt if I'm gonna expect greatness. So uh, I definitely gonna try and uh, you know bring my teammates up. But you know when when it comes to you know they need to work even harder, push push their butt in, in, in workouts and, and off the field. You know uh, everything it is just just to make us even better. You know that's just that's gonna be me. So. Austin, I want to ask you. You don't have to name any names or give any schools out, but. I want to ask you, what's the most unusual thing that has happened in your recruiting uh, time? <laughs> oh, the most unusual thing will have to be. I mean, I even I even tell you, uh, it actually wasn't too long ago. Um, it was at I was at U of M, and I was actually at dinner with Jim Harbaugh, and uh, <laughs> he uh, he. That's got to uh, be a weird experience in of itself, right? Like, yeah, I mean, he's a cool guy, but he can be kind of weird sometimes. But. Uh, <laughs> Awesome, awesome guy, awesome guy. He knows the game, but literally, yeah. I mean, I'm at we're at dinners, me and Austin Robinson, and uh, he he says, "Austin, Austin, stand up." He's like, "Get in that three point stand." Middle of dinner, <laughs> middle of dinner, and I'm like, "I'm like, I don't, I, I've never been at three point stand since I don't know who knows, you know what I mean?" So I get down <laughs> this little squat thing as best I can to get in the three point stand, and, and he's like, "That's awful. What the hell are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh snap." <laughs> And then she's like, Austin Robinson, come over here. And Austin got a three point set. She's like, that's more like it. And I'm like, coach, you crew me for receiver, not not the line. Right. You know, so I mean, that, that's definitely been the, the most strangest thing I'd have to say. Uh, <laughs> that's a great Definitely story. that one. Definitely that one. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, how, I mean, because that's one of the things that I think is really interesting, because you talked about first impressions earlier on, right? Yeah, like. Sure how someone makes that to somebody else and whatnot. What are the different approaches that these coaches have? Because I feel like, you know, they're, they're trying to I, – I know this sounds bad, but it seems like they're trying to sell you something, right? They're selling you on their school. They're selling you on your program. Mm -hmm. What are ways that these coaches try to get your attention, like, right off the bat? Yeah, um, I think, first off, a lot of the coaches who have started late in my recruitment have tried to sell the most. Um, yeah. So, Basically, they're, they're selling opportunity. They're selling, they're selling uh, you know, the campus. They're selling, you know, the, I mean, girls. They're selling, I mean, anything they can <laughs> to just try and, like, give me to be attracted to that university. Uh, I don't know if you've seen, but, like, not this isn't this isn't involved me, but, I mean, not too long ago, Ben Sarana got a letter saying, uh, you know, Chipotle is just two blocks from from the campus, like, I mean, it's just, it's just weird things, like, like weird things like that. I mean, um, they, they, they go, some people go to extreme measures, you know, so, I mean, some stuff so irrelevant, like, uh, right. I mean, how many rings you have, and, and our last win was in 89 or something like that, like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Right. Like, I which, mean, it's which just, year were you born in, then? Like, right, like, <laughs> Like how's that gonna attract me? You know, I mean, this is the twenty, <laughs> this twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. That's not, you know, not that I remember. Right. But uh, I mean, uh, I mean, that's, it's that's it's, really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, some coaches go to the most extreme. I mean, like my home school, like IU. I mean, they they say you're a Hoosier forever. I mean, that's the that's the big that's the main one they always do. Like, 
you can't leave your, your home state, you know. I mean, like, you know, what I mean, right. like, I mean, it's just some little stuff every now and then. So, so Austin, um, I'm not. We're not going to try to get you to spill the beans and, and commit right here on the on the dubcast unless you want to. But I wanted I wanted to ask you what is one reason why you would pick Ohio State and one reason why you would not pick Ohio State. Um, I would pick it because, um, you know, that's a state. They're a team that's, you know, built around Urban Myers and Urban Myers know how to win. And, uh, you know, he's at the point where he's uh, he, he's recruiting his guys. You know, I think this next couple of years is going to be the guys that he's actually recruited and not the guy he's had to work with. So, you know, people, a lot of people think they're going to fall, but they're not going to fall anytime soon. So if you want to go to a school where you're going to win and you're going to, ha- you're going to have a great academic you know, wife and a good social life as well. I mean, that's a good school, and, and that's what, a, you know, you want to be around. Uh, I mean, when it comes to these high prestigious schools like Ohio State or any of the any ones in the Midwest, I mean, Notre Dame, Michigan, Michigan State, I mean, there's nothing really bad about the, you know, those institutions, and I wouldn't say anything bad about them. So mm, I, mean, right. I can't really answer that part, sir. So. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> That's a very diplomatic answer. I, I I appreciate that. I like that a lot. Um, Austin Mac, I gotta tell you something. Thank you so much for coming on with us tonight, and thank you also for your very candid and awesome answers. That was that was excellent, dude. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. No problem. And good luck uh, this June seventh with you know whoever you pick, and and good luck in the future, man. Thank you, sir. Uh, take care. You, you too. too. And that was this month's. Summer fun edition of the 11 Dubcast. I want to thank Austin Mack again for coming in. So great. Out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Just a few short days until he makes his announcement. We are all hoping that it is Ohio State. But if it's not, of course, we'll wish him the best. We are not. We, we are civilized people That's at right. Ohio State. Right? I, how a, how great is, a is it? of laws and rules. How great is it that he gave us a weird Jim Harbaugh story? That was hilarious. That was really good. And you know what? I knew there was going to be a weird Jim Harbaugh story. I knew that he had something, that Jim Harbaugh did something weird during the time that he talked to them. Like, because he's just, he's a, he's a, Jim Harbaugh is a deeply weird man. Yes, he is. And as, as much as I hate Michigan and their fans and everything that they stand for, I really appreciate that they have this incredibly weird psychopath as their head coach, and I, I kind of respect it a little it's bit. It's going to be fun. So, it's going to be fun yeah, hating on that guy. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I, I'm really looking forward to the game uh, next season. And a big thanks so, to Austin thanks again, Mack. Yeah, because yeah, thanks, Austin Mack. Because he could were, have taken the high road and been all like politically correct and said, you know. I agree. So some coach did this and just co- totally kept it in the dark. But he was honest and candid, and he threw Jim Harbaugh under the bus right here on the Dubcast. <laughs> dropping, dropping truth bombs. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. I like that a lot, <laughs> especially out of a, you know, you're right, out of a kid who doesn't necessarily have to do that. So thanks again, Austin Mack. You were excellent. Uh, thanks to you guys for listening, and, and thank you, Michael, for taking time out of your night for talking with me, John and Ginter. Always. A I do have a final question with you. Okay. Or for you. I guess. Okay. You know, we're, we're both going to answer it, but whatever. All right. Uh, my final question is this. So we're, we're in the off season. We're in the long, dark off season of our soul Ugh. and it sucks. Yep. You know, we're just sitting around we don't have a lot to do. It, it's, it's kind of irritating. I mean, we, we seriously scoured the internet for something interesting to talk about. I'm sure there are things, but we, we did not, we didn't do a very good job. So we came up with nothing. <laughs> uh, uh, but here's my question. So in the, in the heady days of ESPN two, Back back in the mid '90s, I was a young latchkey lad. I wasn't really a latchkey lad, but I spent a lot of time at my grandparents because my parents hard workers. You know, they're, they're working late. My grandparents are retired, so I'm just chilling out with them. Yeah. Watched a lot of ESPN two in the summer. Okay. I really enjoyed ESPN two. I enjoyed all the really ridiculous dumb crap that they put on that channel <laughs> just to basically fill up time. And my question to you is, Michael, what is your favorite? all-time off-season sport to watch. And I don't mean like a good one, like baseball. or anything. I mean like what is one of like a, the obscure events that they like to put on television that you're all about? Well, there, there's two that jump to mind, and they, they kind of tie into to times in my life, which is why they, they jump to mind. And, and I, don't even, I, I don't even know that they're even on ESPN anymore. But um, when ESPN first came out, I, I'm not going to kid or lie about this. I loved Australian Rules Football. 
Like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> I would sit there and I watched this ridiculous it's game. It's a really entertaining sport. And I'm like watching it and I had to actually just watch. They didn't explain the rules. They just assumed you knew the rules. And I had to like right. pick up the rules of Australian rules football just by watching the game. And it's so hard because it's such a weird game. And yeah. so, you know, eventually I, I learned it and I, I had like, you know, favorite teams and all kinds of stuff like that. And it was like, awesome. it, it was a really great thing. And plus I was like a, a late night guy and they used to play these games late at night, show these games late at night. So, so that was one of them. I loved Australian football. Then years later, I was working for a newspaper in Amarillo, Texas. And all the guys around the sports desk at night, whoever was in the office, we would be waiting on the paper because we had to proof the first edition of the paper and then make our edits. And then then we could leave after the first edition was proofed. So yeah. we had a lull between deadline and that we would, would just watch these, whatever ridiculous games were on TV or sports were on TV. And every now and then they would have swamp buggy races. <laughs> and we used to like, seriously, we would like just throw five bucks in and like pick at, completely at random, whatever buggy we thought would win. And we would bet on these yeah. things right there in the newsroom. So I had some good, uh, some good fun watching some swamp buggy races and occasionally won a few bucks. That's pretty good. Uh, I, I like both of those choices. I will pick fishing. I watched a lot of fishing. Fishing, yeah. Especially in the morning. Bill Dance was my bro. I, I was a semi-Tennessee fan because Bill Dance wore a freaking Tennessee hat. Bill Dance Outdoors. <laughs> yeah, I loved Bill Dance. I, I watched that every day. And I'm a big fan of any kind of, like, strongman type athletic competitions. Oh yeah, strongman. So I loved great. watching what? Strongman's great. Yeah, I loved watching anything like especially the old ones cuz they would show the really old ones from like the 70s, but World's Strongest Man, you know, where they're doing all the ridiculous like, you know, the the Atlas ball or whatever and like these giant cement balls that they're picking up that weigh like 200 pounds. Like I love that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I also I'm getting a little more like this is more recent, but like the CrossFit game stuff where they're like doing all the crazy athletic, like it's, it's stupid. Like it, it's, it's pretty dumb, but it's also really entertaining to watch. And I just like seeing people do really ridiculous feats of athleticism. So <laughs> if you're like tossing a giant weight over a wall and then like running away, so it doesn't slam on your yeah, head. They like do I, kegs, man. They do kegs. They throw kegs yeah. over a wall, like beer kegs. Yeah. Like that's, that's hilarious because I don't know that I can even move a beer keg like a couple inches. So I, <laughs> You know, I just really respect that. I go to the Arnold every year because I think it's hilarious. Um, I got to see the dude who plays the mountain on Game of Thrones. Sweet. Like, deadlift, like, I don't know. I think it was like 1,100 pounds or something stupid. So that kind of stuff has is, is always been entertaining to me. And uh, Lumberjack yeah. games. Lumberjack games are fun to watch. Oh, man, yeah. Oh, God, I watched the crap out of those <laughs> where they're like, where they have to like, uh, cut the the you know the log in half, or they have to like climb it up because they're like doing the axe marks on the side. And uh -huh. That's where they put the bolts. Oh my god, I love that stuff so much. The sawing competition, <laughs> trying to chop down I a tree religiously, chopping down a tree like in as few strokes as they can, and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's I I think that's great. So you know what, the off season doesn't have to be bad, and and with Michael and myself working hard to keep you entertained in this. You know, again, the long, dark off-season of our soul. We're going to make it, guys. We're going to make it. We're going to get to August. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So until next month, okay, I am Johnny Ginner. I am Michael Citro. And we'll see you guys. Peace.